Welcome to Qualgen's podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness related, including hormones, pharmaceuticals, health trends, and ways you can help better your life. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, Dr. John Thomas. Dr. Thomas, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, it's my pleasure. I know we've been chasing our tail trying to get together, but uh, it's <laughs> always, always fun and pleasure to talk to you, Miss Jennifer. I know. We have really been trying for a few weeks now, and it just has not worked out. So I'm so excited we're getting the opportunity to do it now. Can you just give us a little brief background about yourself? Yes. You know, first of all, we can always blame the Wuhan virus for any delay. So all this thing, that's, that's my go-to guy. I'm a general surgeon, fellowship in general surgery, trained in minimally invasive surgery and uh, did a lot of uh, endocrine-based surgery like thyroids, pancreas, adrenal gland till about 2013 or so. And I just, a eureka moment, I said, I'm, I'm doing about a thousand surgeries a year, but you know, like just didn't feel there was, anybody was getting better. But as a surgeon, all, all our patients are getting Getting better, but then they'll come back, revisit you for other stuff. So, and that's what mainly done. The last eight years, I've been more of a holistic person, trying to make sure that you know we're doing from inside out. Mm-hmm. And so, I've been doing hormones and uh, optimizing people, taking nutraceuticals, and being more aware of the causes of disease rather than treat the disease at the end and never address the causes of disease. Is that what made you make the change to the holistic side? Absolutely, you know, because people thought it was a great surgeons, they'll come back and see me, you know, five years later for a lump in the breast or five years later for something different. And I would look back at them. They're worse off healthy health wise than five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, Maeve, this is the way life goes on. So another next time I see them for something else, like, you know, they'll have a hernia. And by the time I might be saying, well, I can't operate on your heart's bad, your lungs bad, and you're not going to make it. So I just started exploring, is there anything we could do that we can be a good steward of the good the, the body the good Lord has given us? Absolutely. So what are the main areas of your practice? So I'm still a surgeon. I did like three or four surgeries this week from resecting colon and uh, cutting out a bad gas gangrene. And But uh, I would say only 10% of my volume today is surgery. 90% is taking care of patients with issues for which they were taking antidepressant or they're taking a sleeping pill or they have high cholesterol pills. Or I saw a gentleman today, he had his first heart attack at age 32. He owns six companies, owns two nursing homes and a very, very wealthy person. But he came here today to see me for COVID. And I was looking through his medicine. I said, dude, I said, you might need a purse for just for your medicine every day. Oh, man. uh, He goes and I asked him, I said, has anybody checked your inflammatory markers to see why would you have a heart attack at 32? Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, like fit and he was playing golf and had business. So the amount of stress to be at 32, have six different businesses to run. He goes, you know, he was like going, what do you mean? And he's a financially well-to-do person, but nobody's ever visited that pathway. Nobody's ever asked, you know, has anybody asked why you're getting all this thing? Because you look and he goes, no, you're the first one to talk about it. Wow. That's just crazy. How did you get introduced to hormone replacement therapy? You know, sometimes randomness is a good thing. It was me personally, you know, my, in like I was about eight years ago, I'm 55 now. So like 47, I felt like I was losing my mind sharpness. Mm-hmm. You know, before I could remember everybody's phone number. I could remember every name to a face. I could remember, I mean, you know, people always say, man, don't, don't get in John's bats. He'll never forget. He's got a great memory. 
I remember that I would struggle with certain things and I was kind of concerned. I said, man, I do have some dementia setting in because some instrument I've called for the past surgeon since 1993. And I would just look at the instrument. I know the word I want to say, I know it's not the right word, but it's just not there. Mm-hmm. I've never been somebody that slept well. I, I could have my beeper on silent mode and I could answer the page and give 20 different orders and go back to later. My wife would go, how do you know all this stuff? And so sleeping was never part of it. So I was, you know, so it was bothering me that I was, and then my cholesterol was slowly creeping up and it crept up to like 700. At that point, I said, there has to be better. So I was talking to some friends of mine. Somebody mentioned about hormone therapy and my first illicit, I said, my hormone's fine because men are very primitive. (laughs) We want food, shelter, and sex. <laughs> I had food covered, I had shelter and sex. I said, I'm fine. So this this young lady was doing hormones. She's a gynecologist. She goes, then John, your memory problem, you got dementia. I said, let's go get your blood drawn. If I go find out something, then I got to deal with it, right? So if I don't know what my score is and I can complain about everything else, that's great. So that's what, you know, so I said, okay, I will appease you. I'll go get my blood drawn. So my testosterone came back at 400 and my cholesterol was like 750. And I said, I'll take some Vitorin medicine or something like that to reduce my cholesterol. But I still said, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I was exercising four or five times a week. I weighed about 175 pounds and I play basketball twice a week. So I feel felt great, mm-hmm. but I didn't sleep well. And I was kind of a little grouch, but I'm a surgeon. So we have the birthright to be a jerk because, you know, I hurt people's feelings, but my, my feelings never got hurt because I, I was the one hurting people's feelings. <laughs> and so all those things in my personal walk as a Christian and my, this other walk of just being, it didn't gel together. So I finally agreed, okay, I'll get the hormones fixed and see what that does. And uh, I remember three, four days after my pellet, I, I really had like two, three dreams and I dreamt, I don't remember a dream before that. So I got scared. I got up because at that time in 2013, I've been to Iraq like already seven or eight times. So I thought somebody mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't move because I was in my REM sleep where you feel like you're paralyzed. Right. And so that's what I personally first started getting hormones done. And I felt so good. I convinced my nurse practitioner to get it done and convinced my inner circle of friends to get it checked. And, and it made a big difference. My cholesterol went from 700 to 300 in six months. Oh, wow. Well, that's huge. What? Did, so did you start out with hormone pellets? You didn't do like the injections or anything before that? No, I, I was so busy. Like, you know, I was doing about a thousand surgeries or so a year and founder of Operation Hope, traveled the world doing medical mission work. So in place I was traveling to, traveling with some liquid with a needle and looking like what I look like that the, I could get in trouble, you know, after nine right. I didn't want to take a chance. So yes, I, I started straight with pellets. And why would you recommend pellets over other forms of treatments? That was just the way it was convenient for me. Right. Yeah. So in my practice, I have about 98% of people get pellets done because then the non-compliance goes away. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to do anything. They don't remember to do anything, you know, like a shot once a week and a shot, you know, if you know, I always tell people this, my, my patient population, do something is better than nothing. Absolutely. So if you are not willing to, you know, just do the testosterone shot, but you got to do it every week. You know, it doesn't work every two weeks, every month. It's got to do it every week because the peak and the valley is so high when you get a shot in the muscle. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was just a convenient thing. So I have no trouble convincing people to do pellets because, and the other thing is that the bio of the peak and the valley is completely not existent with the pellet because it slowly goes up and it stays up there till you finish it. So yeah. anywhere three to four months for a man or two to four 
months for a girl. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think the steadiness that you get from it where you don't, you, we call it the roller coaster effect with the peaks and valleys. So I think that's a huge part of it. But I want to get into the nitty gritty of the symptoms of hormone imbalances with you. So what are the main hormones you look for um, when you get a new patient? What do each of those hormones control? The first thing is symptomatology because there's a chronicity to it. So you're used to not sleeping well. Like, you know, I was used to being a jerk and the only people that experienced my jerkness was my wife, my son, my mom. Mm-hmm. The rest of the people thought I was an angel <laughs> you know, because I couldn't get away with that. You know, I can't treat a patient bad. And so symptoms can vary depending on your personality. And, uh, you know, I'm a type A person. And so perfection is really important to me. On task completion is very important to me. And so that'll all make me very irritable. My mental strain for the whole process of working through a day was very high. So when I got home, I had nothing to give. Checked out. Me time. I was in a me zone. But when you have a two-year-old son, he doesn't care about your me time. He's when my daddy finally came home, he can play with. And so the symptoms, you know, like like the thyroid's being low, testosterone being low, they all have the same bulk of symptoms, like, you know, being tired, being fatigued, uh, irritable, restlessness, can't sleep well, unable to lose weight, even when you eat healthy. And, you know, and some of the sexual dysfunctions, like, you know, don't have interest in sex because tired and, and not what else are there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy if you go to menopause, papal symptoms that, you know, they have hot flashes and stuff like that. And, you know, andropause for men is the same thing. They'll have some of the symptoms, but there's a lot of the symptoms are very subtle. And I think it will take a really a deeper dr- dive of questions from the people who are asking, how well do you sleep? Well, they might be bed eight hours. Then they go, yeah, wake up four or five times. What are you doing? Oh, I'm thinking about things to do yesterday, things I didn't do well yesterday, things I'm about to do tomorrow, and my mind keeps running. Mm-hmm. And uh, people that have mid- in a midday fatigue, that's not normal. If you sleep well, then the midday should be fine. So when you get a patient in, how do you measure hormone levels? Like, do you do a blood test? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not, nowadays you can get all the labs done, you know, with thyroid, you know, free T3, TSH, and, the, you know, see if there's antibodies to the thyroid. You can do estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, vitamin D, B12, and the lipid panel, all that stuff. So you can measure that, and they're not very costly, and they're very accurate. And so mm-hmm. that, that's a starting, you know, a good question, good physical assessment, and then a being thorough and getting the labs ordered and then overlaying the labs over the people's symptoms. Mm-hmm. Combining the two and seeing what you got. <laughs> yeah, combine both of them and see what they got. And so the biggest mistake that people do make is that they think there's a precise n- number for thyroid for you, Jennifer, or a precise mm-hmm. number for thyroid for John Thomas or precise testosterone number for you. It's not. I, I went to Louisiana, so I'm kind of Cajun. And so <laughs> a lot, lot of Cajun attributes that in it. So I tell people hormones like a water cash. I don't control how you're going to spend the water cash. If you go to a dollar menu at Wendy's, the water cash will last you long. Mm-hmm. I don't know the biophysics of the internal firing power of your body. Only you do. And so are you highly competitive? It means, you know, I'm very competitive. I compete with people on my luggage rack at the airport that my luggage would be their luggage. <laughs> I need, and I, I can't take anything. I, I have to get a pellet every three to four months. I can't go. I've tried. And especially when I go to Iraq and my mission trips, I last about two months. Yeah. And so it is really important to understand that, you know, one 
size does not fit all. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to, but that's such an ingrained thought process in medicine that we are so, a lot of people are afraid to do that. Like, you know, I cut an appendix out and there's the appendix. And like, you know, I gave you blood pressure medicine. It should work. I gave you that. It should work. You know, so these people struggle, physicians struggle because they go, well, I don't know. It's the patient's fault. When patients are not doing well with some compliance issue, we just blame the patient. But we never sit down and ask this question. Nobody wants to be sluggish. Nobody wants to be fat and lazy. But we, none of us were taught in medical school to ask, why are they doing what they're doing? But we right. quickly judge them and give them a label. And if the label fits them and the people will live to the label. Mm, yeah. What would you say? I know there's a lot of negativeness towards women getting testosterone. What? How do you counteract that? You know, because I didn't think women needed testosterone until I started finding out, you know, like um, when I started doing research because they have testosterone receptors that convert testosterone from the estrogen. So, and again, we did not have a quantification. What does, how much testosterone does a girl need? We don't know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pure ignorance. The people that are against this big pharma because you cannot make testosterone in an oral form that is, has a good bioavailability. Mm-hmm. So these companies can make big money. So then if you can't make it, then just uh, speak bad about them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that Well, and I think, you know, testosterone, I feel like controls more than we could ever. I never would have imagined how much testosterone controls in the body before I started working for Qualgen and really researching and looking into it. Well, because as I said, I know I was on Vitorin and I was paying $150 every month was my copay to reduce my cholesterol. And it was a good number on Vitorin. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't have any quarrels with that. But when I bought it down to 300, now all my doctors, they're going, well, I'm not taking care of you because the cholesterol is 300. I said, okay. And mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, A, we're not taught in medical school. Mm-hmm. B, there are con- conflicting interests out there that you getting better as value points. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad is 85, 18 of November of 2018, to 2019 of February, he fell seven times, hospital six times, and two shoulder surgery. Oh my gosh. After his second surgery, he went to rehab for 30 days. He came home, weighed 143 pounds, and he was shuffling his feet. He would not talk to people. He just sat in a chair and he would go to bathroom without taking his clothes off. Means, you know, you know, this my dad at age 52, he learned how to drive in America. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I know my dad and finally I have six siblings and I said, okay, I know I'm going to get in trouble if I tell them. So I'm just going to ask for forgiveness later. So I bought him <laughs> to the clinic. I gave him some pellets. And uh, so my siblings were saying, hey, you know, have you talked to dad recently? He's doing it. He lives in Lubbock where I live. And so my mom and dad do so. And after six weeks, you know, of his progressively getting better, his dementia completely went away. I had gotten his blood done. His testosterone was 28. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's low. Yeah. You know, and so loves to read, loves to watch TV, loves to talk. He did nothing. So in about a week to 10 days after his pellet, he regained all the functions, gained 25 pounds, walks and does everything. And, you know, we were thinking about nursing home. Yeah. Wow. So now I realize it's just not a sex hormone. It's not just, you know, it's not just to build muscles and be, you know, be in a roid rage. No, it has a lot of functions for boys and girls. Mm-hmm. And doing eight years of pellet, people will come, you know, kidnap me if I quit doing testosterone on girls. 
Yeah. I think we were talking, it was during the pandemic when everybody kind of first shut down and you said that people were getting mad when you had to shut down because everybody wanted their pellets. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I'm old fashioned, so I was bootlegging it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell him, he said, you come to me. I said, I happen to be in my clinic doing my paperwork. You come and knock on my door, I'll open it. <laughs> I'll take care of you. And so like I would, you know, a lot of my patients have my phone number, so they were calling. Go, I need my stuff. Yeah. And then I talked to the health department here. I said, this this is essential. Mm-hmm. And, so yeah. I did, and so the patients saying how bad they needed. I told them, I said, if liquor store is essential, hormone is essential. Absolutely. They, they didn't bother me since then. <laughs> I, I bet not. <laughs> it's a valid point you have. What is the average age range you see coming in because of a hormone imbalance? You know, like uh, in my practice, it's a little different because being a surgeon and having that mental toughness for side effects and complications and stuff like that, I've seen young as 16-year-old boys. Mm-hmm. And thirteen-year-old uh, girls. Oh wow! And so, oldest patient is eighty-eight, and my dad is second oldest, eighty-five. And so, you know, yeah. like in West Texas, we have a lot of rodeo people. So, I don't know whether they get testicular trauma or something. Like that. There are a lot of boys with low testosterone. And the parents bring them to me saying that, you know, do you think my son could benefit because he's just not himself after he turns sixteen or seventeen? Mm-hmm. He's more shy, more reserved, not outgoing and stuff like that. So you measure it and the touchdowns comes back like at 200 or so. You know, first thing I want to make sure that it's not a pituitary tumor or something that's not you know, causing that. If that's negative, then you can, there are other things you can do rather than before you get on hormone therapy. Mm-hmm. Get it up there. And sometimes it says thyroid. I saw a lady, young lady today and a thyroid was only 2.2. She's only 13 years old, but she's so anxious all the time. Yeah. And so there, and there are other things, you know, you don't have to put everybody on, you know, shots and pills and pellets and all that stuff. You know, there are other things you could do to enhance their hormone. Absolutely. Wow. So, yeah, you have them all over, <laughs> all yes. over the place. <laughs> well, I think um, that kind of wraps up all the questions I have. Is there anything additional you would like to add? Well, I think, you know, again, y'all being out in the marketplace and producing great pellets and uh, people willing to, you know, people don't want to live long anymore whatever length of life they have, they want to live it well. Mm, yes. And I've just been blessed to be a good steward of God's talents in my hand. And so I'm not here to fight anybody when they come and say, I want my hormones done. What age? I don't, it doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. And so after eight years of doing this thing, so all the things I was afraid of, it's not happened yet. And so I think it's a valid therapy, but uh, we'll have to keep fighting the big pharma that makes a whole bunch of money by putting on antidepressants and putting in nursing home. Well, thank you so much for your insights and for joining me today. Um, I think we're going to try to get together in a few weeks to discuss more in depth the hormone pellet procedure. You can follow us on social media to learn when that comes out. In the meantime, if anyone has any questions for Dr. Thomas, you can find his contact information on his website, which is lindsaysmedicaldayspa.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-S medical com or on Facebook at Lindsay's Med Spa. Thank you so much again, Dr. Thomas, for joining me today. Thank you, Ms. Jennifer. Have a blessed weekend. Thank you. You too.